Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm definitely most interested in the worthless areas. Yeah. yeah. What's my thesis? I am your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask, what's my thesis? And today, my guest is, oh, this is the best part, because this is not the first time this happens. I don't know how to pronounce your last name, and I feel weird trying without you pronouncing it first. (laughs) I'd like you to pronounce it based on what you remember. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) That's a fun game. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I, it's uh, so it's Zoya. <sighs> There's S, T's, and H's and I's, <laughs> and I I just don't know how to configure them into phonetic uh, sounds, but like, but I'm pretty on pointish. Yes. Okay, Let's break it down into like three parts. Okay. Sar. Sar. Dash. Dash. T. Sar dash T. Oh, it's Sar-dash-t. super easy. I just yes. needed to look at it. And Zoya, I, I told you the first time I met you, we met at the TSA LA, uh, Made in LA launch, right? Yes. Okay. And you, we wanna, I want to talk to you a little bit about Made in LA because we are doing Made in LA month on the show okay. in conjunction with Made in LA in real life. Um, but yeah, um, the name Zoya seems very Russian to me mm-hmm. because there's a TV show uh, on, or there's a Netflix show. I don't know if that counts as a TV show. But there's a show with uh, a character named Zoya, or a character, an American woman who plays a character that is Russian, a stereotype during the Cold War in the 80s, mm-hmm. and her name is Zoya the Destroyer. So has anyone made that rhyme for your name before? I think you're the only one, Javier. I'm not, no, that's not something I came up with. That's I think that the... you told me that when we met, though. Yes, because I, I really like that show. It's a <laughs> Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. It's written by women. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not... So just because it's written by women, it means that it's uh, valid? Well, it's better than a bunch of dudes uh, because there is a lot of scantily clad women and you see a lot of breastesses. Well, but, you know, women can be like macho as well and oh, masculinist my and patriarchal. Well, I, and... Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I'm just saying that like... Um, Alison Brie, it's it's a little bit more sophisticated than what I'm used to okay. from patriarchal media. Okay. And thank you for making me watch my P's and Q's. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's just something that I want to keep in mind as well. Like, I just because I identify as, you know, female and um, I'm committed to radical feminism doesn't mean uh-huh. that I always uphold those values. Well, I didn't even know that about you. Yes. But, but that's good to know <laughs> i'm getting even more comfortable now okay well i'm glad that's the point <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so you have participated in made in la and uh, you did a performance that unfortunately I couldn't make it to, and I wanted you to tell me a little bit about that. Okay, great. Uh, it's called Parasita. Parasita? Yes. Okay. And so I use like the Italian form um, because I. Ah, parasite. Yeah. Like, okay. Yes, like yeah, parasite. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. The 
concept of like the killing of the father in Franz Kafka's letter to my oh, father. Okay. <laughs> right? And so he uses this as like um, a concept to reflect on how actions um, by authoritarian governments uh, reflect and manifest in the family unit. Okay. And that's an interesting. <laughs> So I was first introduced uh, to this concept and read um, Letter to My Father when I took a seminar by, uh, or led by Avital Renell. Avital Renell. Yes. Okay. Who is an amazing philosopher and writer and artist, and she and my peers and I, and um, who, and Pierre Alfari. Okay. Um, was co-teaching or leading the seminar, worked on just like the first two paragraphs for almost three days. Okay. And the way that she asked us to like dissect, like, you know, the the material was just to think about like the, the associations words have uh-huh. and to like tease out like the meanings and the layers and how concepts are reflected in various like um, texts, okay. from literature to nonfiction to dramatic literature. And so I was thinking about like how this, you know, uh, can be found in Hamlet, and can be found in like you know like person like in you know in personal life and from memory, and um, I was thinking about this intensely when an image in a news I saw an image in a newspaper when I was living in Florence of. Or maybe it was on television. I didn't have a television, but I saw this image. Maybe it was in the newspaper or online, of the Pope kissing, and they call you know, I don't like to use the word migrant because I think a lot of people migrate, but someone mm-hmm. who's you know who re- from, was from let's say Africa, North Africa, yeah. um, who recently located relocated to Italy, and he kissed he like kissed the feet of these. Okay. People and um, everyone was like, oh, this is a sham, you know, this is like just some sort of PR, you know, staging of like, you know, but they, you know, the Vatican, they're just corrupt and this and that. <laughs> and I'm like, I can understand that, right? Yeah, yeah but no, from, but, uh, but I mean, I'm just interesting in how you're fr- interested in how you're framing this. I want to see where you're going. So in the performance, I invite, I install myself in, the, in a bathroom, uh-huh. a women's restroom, and I have materials with okay. me. I have olive oil or olive soap. Olive and soap. Olive soap. So it's soap made out of olive? Yes. Okay. And it's, it's a special type. Like in Italy, I used um, this uh, type. Like uh, it was just like kind of pale, like yellow, like beige almost. And um, then in the recent uh, performance, I used actually the soap that my bro- my dad brought back from Iran, the same soap that his mom used to uh-huh. um, wash him um, when he was young. And this is the soap that I wanted because I wanted to basically have participants think about, you know, why they adopt the father's family's name, not uh-huh. the mother's, because the, your mother is actually the one who first literally touches you yeah. and gives you your first home. Yeah, yeah. And probably, I mean, after, I guess, I assume maybe the doctor or the midwife like takes cleans you, but is the one who really holds your hand and cleans you and makes sure that, you know, you are cared for. 
And in this moment, I just want to take care of other women uh-huh. because it seems like we're always, you know, take care, taking care of ourselves to in relation to what, you know, the male gaze or what men want or okay. taking care of, you know, my friends who have children. Like, they never have time for themselves. Yeah. It's always for the child. Oh, my God. Yeah. I just You just made me think of my mom. <laughs> yeah. And, like, what that's done to her. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And as, a, as an adult woman, yeah, that's, it's, it's like, we've <laughs> ruined <laughs> the lives of so many, yeah. or just like not given enough consideration yeah. to like, you know, why can't we have more opportunities where like women are caring for each other without like, you know, some sort of need to like consume, I suppose, or like mm-hmm. how can, um, so let's say I'm thinking of also like bathhouses. So when I lived in South Korea, like I would spend at least one day every single week in a jimjilbang, but only the, for the women only. And it was mm-hmm. such a nice place to just see women from all of all ages, you know, taking care of one another and resting and recuperating and like sh- literally shutting out the world. Yeah. And, and I just wanted to extend sort of these sort of like rituals that are very important for me as someone who works intensely in like art, activism. I spend a lot of time with my work. I use my body. You know, I'm always, as a performer, I'm, my, my body is the tool that yeah. I must use. And when I use like, um, or for a lot of performances, sometimes my performances last up for like to 12 hours. So like uh-huh. I have to take care of myself. Yeah, yeah. And so I invite women to like allow me to like just even like, Putting your hand in an, a stranger's hand uh-huh. is this moment where it's like, I'm, I'm here. I'm like, like give me your weight. Yeah. And and so when I'm washing women's hands and talking to them, like, well, do you think you know if you what's your you know mother's family's name? Do you think you would have felt differently as a woman? You know, and I get a range of responses and. Yeah. A lot of the time, like I, when I first did this, I wasn't even prepared that it might be very emotional. Okay, know, so women. like you've had really intense experiences with like, uh... yeah, like sometimes people, you know, just tell you like I am so disembodied, I'm so checked out of my, you know, body. I uh-huh. just now realize like I can. Oh, I have feeling in my hands. Yeah, because yeah. you think. It's that Cartesian, you know, mind-body divide that we're still suffering from, yeah. you know. I think, therefore I am. I move, therefore I am. <laughs> I give, therefore I am. Like, how many other, like, there are so many other ways of being in the world and acting, you know, with others. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like this is, or I want really to offer this provocation to not just say like, I know it's intense, you know, uh-huh. the, like the beginning to say like, you know, this, it's not against men at no, all. No, I don't. I, but it's like, you're on a man's show. <laughs> like, so, I mean, I think in this reality, I don't feel like there's like, I, I, I never got that vibe from you that you're like, that's why I'm so like that you're anti-men necessarily. And it, it from what you're describing, it seems like it's very much about, uh, making it okay for women to take care of each other specifically with the intention of getting something out of that interaction that is not defined by men, which tends to be a lot of what women interactions. Am I, am yeah. I, 
Have I been yeah. listening correctly? I mean, no, yes, okay. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even like when you go into the bathroom, it's a place of judgment. You're like, yeah. I have to touch up my makeup or yeah, yeah. you go to the bathroom because also sometimes, oh, I can't be emotional in public. So you got to get it together and just dry those tears, honey, you know? And <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just like, well, why can't you just sit and weep sometimes yeah. in the bathroom and then like have someone be like, hey. Absolutely. Like, yeah. are you okay? And it's kind of this moment like when especially... During, well, I don't know. I, I don't want to say especially, but like when you are a citizen under a government that has very extremist like ideologies and yeah. there are like changing le- legislation that basically are against humanity, uh-huh. um, in order for us to resist, we have to take care of ourselves. And it doesn't necessarily require all the time going out in public. I'm about what can we do that's not public Mm -hmm. and how can we save our energy and wait for the moment that's right. Okay. And I think a lot of this comes from like, you know, the philosophers that I've read, like in relation, like what they wrote in relation to like the French revolution or the protests in 1968. Waiting until that critical mass, that point of critical mass hits where, where the, um, where you're not necessarily speaking out, the whole time and wasting the message kind of thing? Yeah, yeah because then, it's yeah. like we know the message. The yeah. message is clear, but yeah. we're also dealing with a government that like sends a message that's full of lies, you yes. know, and hateful oh, rhetoric. Jesus. And it's like, so we have to find a new way. And that's yeah. fine. That's about like evolution, right? And pro- yeah. progressing as a mature democracy. And a mature democracy, a radical democracy, and what I'm looking at or hoping for is um, through embodiment. Okay. So when I hold someone's hand, a stranger's hand, and I listen, Uh that hopefully will happen again because the body is a container for, like, memories and sensations, and you have a muscle muscle memory. Yeah. So, like, maybe next time you might be more open to taking another person's hand, another stranger's hand. Yeah. Or, like, I find, you know, this, like, generally, people to be, like, there's a lack of tenderness here. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's like... Well, yeah. Terrible. And, and I Devastating, actually. There's a lot... Of, I, I forget which rapper was talking about it, but um, there's definitely... A, or I think a lot of the old school rappers have been talking... I think Run, Run from Run DMC just had something he was talking about, but how, like, the things that culture really gravitates towards are those things that... Um, sell products right like for example the he the commentary is mostly on hip-hop where hip-hop has just become to a large degree a lot of people on lean a lot of people living this kind of reckless lifestyle and that i'm sorry can you tell me what is on lean oh sorry (laughs) that's codeine and like i think that yeah i think it might be mixed with so many i thought there's just i don't know but (laughs) but like i'm just quoting somebody who knows more about this than i (laughs) than i do but but basically just like yeah, that there's like a lot of, uh, that, that the things that like, because there is, it is pushed towards this corporate, I, like we don't, I don't even think that in terms of like, when you talk about country, it's an interesting mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the sense of nationality, because I think that like, even that is becoming, first of all, the, the, the sort the avenues of power are becoming more and more uh, inaccessible to people, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. we don't have influence on Wall Street. We don't have influence on healthcare, but healthcare has influence on us, yes. right? And so that is 
sort of manifesting in culture, and I think that that speaks to the tenderness thing. Like you know, there's not there there are people like Kendrick Lamar is what uh, Run was saying, mm-hmm. um, and and I think he was saying Chance the Raptor. I'm I'm not really that familiar with their music because I just kind of got a little tired of hip hop. Uh, I'm gonna close the window because I can hear a radio. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying. Yes, like, I do know what you're saying. I think um, for me, I only listen to the radio when I'm taking um, an Uber or a Lyft, uh-huh. and what I hear is just noise, and it's very oppressive, and it's just like, what are you saying? Like words don't like words do not have value, and if they do, the value is for what? Yeah. For like commercialism, for fame. Yeah. Like, it's not about, like, even if you are, let's say, a minority mm-hmm. and you make it or whatever, that doesn't make it right or ethical what you're oh, yeah, doing, yeah, yeah. you know? So this is also, like, for me, I want to bring some um, a new relation of ethics, which is why I use the format, like, one-to-one. Mm-hmm. My performances do not cost money. Yeah. You know, I do not charge people for the performance because this is a relationship that we have built and it's perfectly fine if we never see each other again. But I, you know what? I will probably remember your name. Yeah. And you probably are going to remember mine. And the experience. And the and experience. And that's the important part. And of it. there's yeah. no price tag for this. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and it, and those 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 things that are sort of out of um, social experience or, or normal social experience. There's this artist Tyler Cockin, mm-hmm. who's from Cal Arts that I went to one of his things one time, and he had you wear these goggles that have a toothbrush on them mm-hmm. and you go and you brush each other's teeth so like you have to cock your head back you're wearing the goggles that have the toothbrush they're safety goggles so you're mm-hmm. nothing's going to get in your eyes mm-hmm. you put the toothpaste on it and then to brush the other person's two teeth mm-hmm. you have to get up in their grill with your eyes like basically the toothbrush is right between your eyeballs okay and you're like bobbing your head back and forth like it's a very intimate experience, and I've, of course I remember that. So those little things that, that there's like, I like those interaction things, but I like the simplicity and the um, the sort of it's 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 it isn't a very preachy preachy thing. It, it's it, it's it's I mean, and that's one of the things that I wanted to ask you. Do you consider your work in the realm of activism, or do you, or do you separate those two? Like, where do you how do you feel because. From my standpoint and my practice, I have a very different approach, and I always find that very interesting. Um, like mine is a little bit more universal themed and detached from like, uh, like the intimacy comes from the experience of not interacting with me, but interacting mm-hmm. with what I'm showing, right? But in that, I tend to not necessarily have so much of an agenda uh, in terms of. Um, telling you what to think, which I'm not saying that that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's definitely like there's like I said, that's what I like about it. It's not preachy, but it does seem to fall somewhere more into it's it's like it it does have a much more f- more philosophical backing behind it, where you're not you're not telling people how to feel about the experience, and you're not telling them that the experience is important, but you're experiencing you're sharing an experience with somebody, and that's for them to interpret. But at the same time, I think that what you're describing is also politically motivated, mm-hmm. right? Whereas I, I more, I'm not necessarily, I, and I don't say that like, um, like I find that an interesting distinction between practices, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and sometimes, I mean, cause a lot of times like, um, I think 
there is a heavy handedness that comes with sort of being, you know, which I'm you all, I, just from your expression, I know you know what I'm talking about. So I, I'm I, like I'm I am enjoying. This is outside of my reality of practice, but I'm fascinated by it. I don't think we can be separated from politics. I don't yeah. think anything. I mean, this is we're living in a world where expression, like is read as political because of everything is, has been consumed yes. by politics, right? And so I start with this. Well, mm-hmm. if it's already going to be read as political, let's let's like draw the line between what can be done uh-huh. and what cannot be done. For instance, um, and, 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 and who can speak, you mm-hmm. know, and when and why and how? Because you can say, you know, people say generally... The United States is a place where you're free, freedom of expression, the right to assemble, mm-hmm. you know. But these yeah. conditions, especially yeah. now with the Supreme Court um, basically allowing, you know, the Muslim ban to be legal. Oh, I didn't know about that. Um, yes. And sorry, what's your background? I don't think we've covered that. I don't think it matters, does it? Well, does it? It, it, it kind of <laughs> does to me because I sort of want to talk about my experience a little bit that because um, no one ever thinks I'm Mexican. Everyone always thinks I'm Persian. <laughs> that's funny even even knowing my name they don't think that i'm that they they don't go there's oh. a there's such a disconnect and that never happened to me until i moved to los angeles well because of los angeles basically like is little yeah. tehran right yeah. tarangelis and everyone is just like maybe i don't know it's well let's come back to this okay there, yeah. i'm sure there's a persian version of javier and we're gonna find that oh no there's there's, there's a javi yeah, ja- Javi. Javi. So I actually uh, changed my name, like started using my whole name because mm-hmm. I like to be identified as Hispanic because I, I, my grandparents taught me how to speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when like, I will literally speak Spanish to people here and they won't speak Spanish back to me. Because <laughs> it's, and so like, it, it was a bit of a culture shock thing for me. Um, yeah. But anyway, sorry. I don't, I didn't want it to make it about your uh, background. I wanted to make it about my background. <laughs> well, you know, as I guess Emmanuel Levinas would say, it's already, it's always going to be about the other. Right. Yeah. And, um, when you look at my face and I look at your face, we're confronting that constantly yeah. of how well, red or not when I look at or... your face, I see like, cause one of the things that happens, right. And this is what's fucked up about it is that people will literally find out I'm not Persian and be relieved. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why do you, do you ask them why? I, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's like, they're like, oh, I thought you were one of them. And like, oh my God, yeah, one of no. them, like one of, yeah, one of what? So you never so, ask. I, I please start asking and send me yeah, okay. reports. Please. I will definitely I'm, do that. This is fascinating. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, go back. So you were talking about the political. So what happened, let's say, in this second um, performance of Parasita here in LA mm-hmm. um, last weekend? Um, it was in. And again, it's called Parasite in Italian. Parasite. Yeah. But I like to change Parasita because it's the feminine. Oh. Version. Yeah. Right. Okay. Is there a feminine par- parasita? Yeah. Parasite and parasita? Yeah. Okay, I, you, I'll take your word for it. I don't know <laughs> my Italian. Well, it's the title that I, that I decided to use. <laughs> no, no, I'm just... I, okay, never mind. <laughs> I meant, is it like... Uh, in Italian, is there a feminine... Like, is, are, do they, are there gendered parasites? There are now. Uh, okay, that's... All right, awesome. 
there we go. <laughs> That's what I wanted to find out. Yeah, and you know, actually, it's very interesting as well. On a side note, um, well, it's not a side note. It's in this conversation. I didn't really complete. I didn't completely understand gender trouble uh-huh. until I started learning Italian. So, oh, okay. A lot of people are like, "Oh, I don't." And I guess are you familiar with the work? So it was one of well, it was like Judith Butler's first you know, um, works that became very popular in the 90s. And um, we won't get into that. I'm just going to say that for now. And then we can maybe come back to it later. But I want to say this. I, what I do in the performance is I remember what the women tell me while I'm washing their hands. And while I'm waiting, like if no one's around, I will take um, uh, eyeliner. And that's like, either green or black or brown or whatever matches like the color scheme of the soap and the costume or whatever and the sign that I put out on the door in between the men's and women's like you know restroom signs and I write what they tell me and I write the names that they um their names and the name of their mother's family name okay and I also like uh write what I remember from the previous performance and uh-huh. so you have this like narrative like this bigger narrative written on the wall and did you write them down is it specifically the memory uh, uh, uh what you remember this time had you already written it and then now you're working off of the memory of what you wrote yes. for the first performance so i have a very good memory because i grew up in theater and when you're like you know, memorizing lines, memorizing lines yeah. like hundreds and hundreds of pages. Okay. And when you do that for 10 years of your life on a regular basis, you just uh-huh. remember things really well. You know, people are always like, you have an amazing memory. I'm like, yeah, well, I listen. <laughs> and so I'm not just thinking about myself. And so I'm thinking about the other. And so this is also brings us to phenom- uh, phenomenology, right? Okay. We're like, my experience is being through my body. I think through my body. I think about like what someone says to me and how I feel the sensations and where, you know? Uh. And so when someone really, the moment someone really exhales and allows their, you know, right palm to like settle into my left palm and they tell me something very intimate, I'm going to remember that because I'm literally in touch with them. We're breathing yeah. together. We're like yeah, there's yeah. eye connection. So, I can remember what they say very well, and sometimes I can't, and sometimes maybe it's you know adjusted a little bit. Uh-huh. But but um, that's the oral tradition part of it. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, so yeah. I you know write this on the wall in eyeliner, you know, mm. because it can be erased easily. Okay. You it can be vandal. removed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, that's it. So this is what happened. Like 90, I wanted to do this performance for two hours and leave it up because of, there was a concert that uh-huh. evening. This happened in, um, I think it's called One Plaza downtown next to where Grand Performances has, you know, events in their little amphitheater. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is this amazing um, Iranian singer performing um, and DJ that night, and I knew, it would, you know, um, I knew that there would be a huge audience, anyways. So I was just like, I like to install my perf- my work where there's already like this main event that yeah, is yeah. like sanctioned by some sort of nonprofit, you know, uh-huh. and just to see, well, okay, well, I'm just a person here doing a performance too. And what I also work with in sort of the delivery is I don't act. I'm not like acting a certain way. It's not a character. I might have 
a costume that is yeah. slightly theatrical, but you know, this is LA people are like wearing, <laughs> you know, costumes all the time. Um, but when I present, you know, the question or talk to people, it's very ordinary, uh-huh. you know? So I like to play with this, like, you know, theatricality that kind of like comes into ordinary situations and then yeah. sort of like, kind of like, like is elevated for a moment and then kind of drops down to a de-dramatized sort well, of Well, like I think the, uh, the outfit probably lets people know it's a performance, but then there's no affectation to the interaction yes. is what it sounds like. It, yeah. It's time yeah. for us to stop, you know, pretending, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. And so it's about really being yeah. honest and um, or as honest as possible or as true to like, let's say, one's voice and how you express yourself as possible because we rarely are given opportunities, you know, to do that. Um, you know, being in the entertainment capital of the world. Yeah. Um, in the Me Too capital of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And so, you, yeah. Sorry. Were you, so were I you? wrote, so I was writing um, these, you know, stories and all of a sudden security came in and they just were like, so upset. They said, you know, we heard that you were defacing um, public property, uh-huh. and I said, well, I'm writing using this eyeliner, which is for a woman's face or a person's face, and I am, you know, it's writing. It's removable, yeah. It's removable, so, and as far as I know, this wall doesn't have a face, you know, and I'm not altering it in any way, yeah. and I actually, I said, you know, the, I met Hilda, this woman who happens to clean uh-huh. the bathrooms, and I washed her hands you know, an hour ago. and So the person who's actually going to be troubled by this. Yeah, exactly. And like, she didn't speak English and I don't speak Spanish, but I, you know, I'm learning Italian. So through me speaking to her in Italian and understanding enough Spanish to understand that she's been working here for, you know, 23 years. And I felt the 64 years of work when I was washing her hands. And I like said that straight up to the security guard and he was just like, and then I extended my hand and I was like, hi, I'm Zoya. May I wash your hands? <laughs> and like, it was just silence, yeah. you know, they didn't know what to say because clearly, and this is what, where the, pol- let's say political comes in. Yeah. It's like, why am I not able to be, let's say in a place that's public, that's paid for by, you know, taxes Yes, should be for all something that doesn't really like it's ephemeral, you know, and I'm not saying anything like these are women's memories. Yes. There, it's not saying anything vulgar. Well, what is vulgar? Anyways, but there's no, there's nothing, um, there's no hate speech. Well, and I think that that, that, that that interaction with the security guard also sort of speaks to his like programming and his automatic assumption that if someone's writing on the wall, so it's an interesting break, like that's an interest. must have been a memorable experience for him too, where it's like, yeah. oh shit, you're not making my life miserable. Yeah. <laughs> you're, 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 yeah, so I, 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 that's interesting. I wanted to leave it up for, until the end of the concert so women had something to look at while they were waiting in line. Yeah. But they made me, you know, clean it, or they brought someone in to clean it and I was like, look, I told you I would clean this up yeah, afterwards yeah. and, he was, you know, he didn't believe me, I guess. And I was like, okay, well, yeah. um, I wouldn't leave a mess for poor Hilda to clean up. Yeah. But um, it was, I think, a moment where the audience of, like, women who saw what happened, like, yeah. that now, like, there became, like, it became a different public, right? Yeah, yeah. There, yeah you, they, he kind of came in and ruined the fun. You had created this reality where there was a sort of acceptance and then all of a sudden this like buzzkill shows up, right? Yeah. A buzzkill 
or just someone like I'm you have to be silent because of bureaucracy yeah you know yeah it's like the mundane sort of like oh the protocol of health and safety I'm like this is a nation that is so obsessed with defense you can't even perceive or feel or touch other people yeah unless it's for like what money sex violence and this is a violence this is this is um, a contagion and, and, and um, it, it's creating a, a terrible sort of like impact on the body and the way bodies relate to each other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my, my, this is why I created this work and I hope to do this until, I don't know, Waking Up Iranian American uh-huh. is a life project and I created seven performances that I will perform until I die. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure that this sort of like proxy war between the U.S. and Iran is never ending. And when it does, it's going to transform into something else. And I'm pretty sure that the way that I kind of position being, you know, just because I happen to have an American heritage and I happen to have an Iranian heritage, I use this as a trope to really talk about difference. Uh And to say like identity, like culture, can transform over time. And... You know, people say gender is fluid. Okay, that's very, that's fine. Great. I'm glad that we're there. Yeah. Um, but, like, let's talk about the details. What is stopping the fluidity of movement? And let's examine how people's lives are, like, impacted yeah. by these war games. And it's, yeah, it, it's such a confounding way of... Um, it's just confusing the way that they apply these like restrictions. Like, they're the market, the job market is flexible and it can go anywhere, but the people are trapped to their nationality. Right. Uh, it's 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 a strange it's a strange space. I, uh, yeah, I I not to go back to what you, you were talking about <laughs> earlier uh, and and make a, a a a an observation in poor taste, but. I did grow up with knowing a family where the um, where the name was handed down through like but through a ma- that that was from a matriarchal society. Yes. And how displaced that man must have felt in in terms because his thing was like out of all the fucking cultures in the <laughs> world I could have been born into, but and but then at the same time like. That just establishes that that is not the norm, right? And right. so that so even that desire is sort of like um, framed within this, you know, international framework of like that's not normal, <laughs> right? Like handing down the woman's name is oh that's weird, right? I think men feel displaced because they have way too much responsibility. Okay. Right. What is my place in the house? when traditionally I've had to work outside the house, yeah. yet be the leader of the house. You know, this is kind of schizo- a schizophrenic p- position um, that a lot of people, I think, are responding to in, a different, in different ways. But I would like to read a quote right now. Well, yeah, I absolutely. think really um, can also, uh, that relates to sort of our questions about identity and what you said earlier about being read as Persian and then, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, so... Peggy Phelan is um, a performance theorist, and she wrote an incredible text called Unmarked, The Politics of Performance. And this really helped me push 
away from just working uh, completely in an uh, within an autobiographical narrative. Uh-huh. Um, because I do think identity politics are important, and we can't deny that they still it's still relevant. Oh Jesus, yeah. But it helped me under, uh, move in towards more like ideas of interdependency. Identity cannot then reside in the name you can say or the body you can see, your own or your mother's. Identity emerges in the failure of the body to express being fully and then failure of the signifier to convey meaning exactly. Identity is perceptible only through a relation to another, which is to say it is a form of both resisting and claiming the other, declaring the boundary where the self diverges form from and merges with the other. In declaration of identity and identification, there is always loss, the loss of not being the other and yet reenacting dependency on that other for self-seeing self-being it's like i can't live without you Javier, and you can't live without me and without each other we have nothing right and it's important to understand that okay well you might happen to have a passport or two passports or two citizenships Uh but that doesn't i mean it matters to like you know for you to be able to move and work. But it doesn't have anything to do with love, Uh tenderness, sociality, you know, like society and culture, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like... When, and when I say culture in like sort of the German like sense of, of the idea. What's the culture in the German well, when, sense? In, when the, um, I, that Germany, Germany is a trigger word for me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Why? Because of the Holocaust. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, okay. I think that I'm okay. So, um, well, okay. I've had experience. I, I have listeners in Germany, so I don't want to offend anybody in Germany. But I feel like they don't i'll give you the tamest version of okay. of an incident like somebody we were talking about a movie that uh the, what's her name uh, uh the the one that won the the woman the only woman that won the oscar uh for zero dark 30 um i'm i oh i'm saying it not because i assume that you would know who the only woman is i don't even is. watch like if yeah. anything was produced yeah, yeah. by hollywood i don't watch it yeah. i don't want it okay well, my system can't handle. It. Then, then I always think it's then just you propaganda. Will, then you will it's understand. It's always propaganda. <laughs> like so, she made a movie, and it apparently involved uh, African Americans. Okay, uh, involved. Uh, what do you mean involved? It was like a thing. It was like let's say a movie about people in the streets. I think it was called Detroit or something. Okay. Um, but she got a lot of flack for it. Okay. And um, like for saying that. Or for like, you know, she's a white, uh, redheaded white woman, I think. Mm -hmm. And like, she's delving into this topic that like, maybe she shouldn't be delving into. And so Mm -hmm. this German guy was like, well, why can't she do it? (laughs) And I think that for me, like, that's the least, like, there's some more uh, that um, only reinforce my understanding. But I do know that they're very progressive 
country and and they do a lot of good things oh let's see i don't know i mean it's like every country is trying to progress and yes. it's uh, with its own baggage and history i mean if we think about like the holocaust well what about the genocide that happened to the people living here you know oh yeah, yeah and now yeah. we no, call no, them no. you know a native american American. so yeah, yeah. his it's maybe all. maybe english wasn't isn't his first language but why can't she well technically it's a free country yeah. um, you can but why why don't you just give all of, like that funding and allow someone who actually came from Detroit? I don't yeah. know. I don't no, know. No, no, no. I get, and is African American and, so, and give them the tools. So that, so that's yeah. And I and so you get where I'm coming from. Where like, especially because we live in LA, so this shit is like we hear about any time that someone is it, 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 like you know when the Ghost in the Shell thing happened with uh, you, uh, your face is going blank, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, there was a movie where... I tried to hide it too, but... <laughs> no, 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 It was like no, a split no. second no, of like, oh I gosh. respect it. I respect it. Um, uh, it makes me want to take you to see bad movies and then have and then interview you about them. Okay, well, hey. <laughs> yes. That sounds actually, interesting. Yes. Okay, so we'll work on that. Okay. But, um, but my point with that is that there is a thing that's happening over here because black people are getting shot by cops that is very real to us and so anyway without getting too much because i i don't like i don't have too much research uh done on that topic and i don't like to speak too much without having the 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 specifics but overall i'm saying like they have a very good pr campaign going on right now germany but i'm still suspicious of them well think about you know the state media and (laughs) art like they done um well, i mean I also there's have a, a history chip. of like aesthetics and politics that yeah. are that has been refined and also has been used for ideological manipulation yeah. and let's say when you when you think about it and compared to the united states it's like ugh. yeah and and ugh. also here it's you know just those guys get so much funding <laughs> and I might have a chip on my shoulder about that too. Who, oh, German <laughs> in Germany, artists? yeah. yeah. No, why? I mean, it's just it's this like is, state this support. Sh- this yeah. should be here, yeah, here, and it's not. And so now you think about like, oh, okay. Again, it becomes political. Yeah. Who gets to speak? When? Why? How? And where? And so every nation deals with its own like colonial yes. you know, history. Oof. Empire, like, you know, I don't know. We could maybe someday play a game and try to name uh, places that never had an empire, you know, and what their, how their societies function. It's a terrible um, uh, sort of, like, game to, or, like, it's not a game. It's, like, a cop-out, really. Like, oh, look over there. You know, that country does that. Yeah. We're not like that country. Oh, we no, do this, no, no. you know. And I'm no, not no, saying you're that's doing not my, that, but my I, position. But I feel like it's, it just happens here <laughs> yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. But we also do that with, like, you know, um, I don't. I think it just limits our ability to um, progress. You know, no, and fair really enough. listen. And okay, yeah. let's find the right words. Yes. To to um, communicate, and let's find words that can like respect each other, yeah. and like it doesn't always have to be like. Where are you from? Or you don't look, you know, oh, yeah. Brazilian. Well, or I hate like, that and shit. like, but it happens all the time. <laughs> and it's like, why is my body? Why does that matter? Like, yeah. first you just are evaluating my body, right? And and making all these assumptions. Like, why can't you ask me 
something like, well, what do you long for? Or yeah. how are you feeling? Or something outside of like this, the color of my skin, the shape of my nose. This doesn't, this is boring. Well, I think, and yeah. A, and I think, I think a lot of times the reason people do that is because it's, it's a, it's a very microaggressive like icebreaker of like, Hey, tell me how you were raised. And, and I think a lot of, I've seen a lot of Asian people just handle that question by saying like, where are you from? I'm like, Kentucky, you know? And like, and, um, what kind of Asian people when you say Asian? All kinds. <laughs> like East Asian, Southeast Asian. Because I don't know. Well, I think, the, but I'm saying, I think their point is that I'm American and that's why I don't know. Like, so like, right. so, and I think that like, like, and then it'll be like a question of like, what's my ethnic background. Right. But I think that people think it's, I think that people think it's a cultured question when they ask you where they're from because mm -hmm. they're like, oh, now we're going to talk about mm -hmm. your culture mm -hmm. where they really don't understand that what they're doing is identifying you as other. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the point. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of people insisting, and they're like, no, but where are you really from? Right. right? Yes. And so I think that that is, that, that, that is uh, I'm like the, I like that we got into race now. <laughs> yeah, cause, we cause, are in LA. Yeah, we, we are in the in United LA. States. Well, I mean, but, we are living in the world, you know? It really is, like, this whole world has a huge race problem. What was the one of the things that I told you when I invited you on the show, though? It's like, I was really excited to book... A girl or I'm a woman. Not a girl. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean a girl? Well, okay. Let, why do you read me as like a girl? Uh, just because it's uh, easier. No. Well, are you afraid of women, Javier? I think because I am a man child. <laughs> <laughs> we are and I all think infantilized my... <laughs> by the state. It's okay. And I think and it's I think of myself now. as a boy, right? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, so like, so, but yeah, I mean, obviously you are a woman, but I, I meant like. I've meant to lighten up a little bit by saying girl, like you're a girl and I'm a boy. Right. But the whole thing was like, cause I was also about to say like, it's really easy to book white guys. So I think, you know, why is it easy? Because there's so fucking many of them in, in LA. <laughs> <laughs> like, Where did they come from? I don't know. A white America. <laughs> there's really a lot of them. Like I, I, I had to, literally tell my because for me my work and and social split is very different at mm -hmm. work i have a lot of hispanic friends mm -hmm. but and co-workers but in the art world it's like dude you know um and uh and so the so art for, world is like dude because it's just a bunch of dudes yeah it totally is that's a good title yeah. for something <laughs> that's your next is you like know dude. project the art world is like dude <laughs> i could do a side podcast <laughs> And I like the hostility because that like when, when, or not the hostility, but the, um, the not giving me a pass when I would, when I was speaking early on about like the, the woman, like, you know, it's a show mostly made by women. Like, cause, um, I do that shit to white people all the time and it's good for them. <laughs> is, is it, but is it though? Because I feel like, okay, you mentioned that people who just happen to be from maybe Japan, Taiwan, China. Um, they ask you, like, where are you from? Because of maybe one... No, 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 I don't say they... No, they are asked. They are asked, yeah, yeah because yeah. they have been othered. Yeah. So it's this constant, like, disgusting sort of, like, relation where, like, the others... Other people who have been yeah. othered are othering, othering others, and it's just like, why don't we just step back and say some, ask a different question? I'm gonna push back on this one. You I like know? this one. <laughs> because, because it's like I always say, I'm from my body, right? Okay. This is my home. 
I go to different places. You're far more enlightened than I am. <laughs> well, I've done, a, I've read and, a lot. No, and, and you've dealt with this a lot and longer. And I've dealt with it, yeah, because, being measured because, as... Because I lived in a very sheltered, like, I lived in an international community when I was young, and then I lived in Miami where I looked Cuban. And then when I came here, mm-hmm. I've only now started to fucking deal with, like, this otherness, right? It's completely new to me. Welcome. Yeah, no, it sucks. And that's why <laughs> I'm not quite as enlightened as you are. <laughs> I think it's, well, I don't, I, I feel, yes, I do feel like I have risen above like sort of the yeah, very yeah. painful feelings that come from being like, oh, well, you've never been to Iran, which is a whole, a very traumatic, you know, and sad story. You don't speak Farsi. Oh, no. well, that's another very traumatic and no. sad story. Um, so you're not really Iranian. Oh, but I have this last name that does give me yeah. issues when I travel, when and I go to the airport. Face. And yeah. yeah. And, and and even if it's like positive, I'm always exotic, exoticized. Yes. Right? And it's yeah, like, yeah. ooh, Persian girl. Yeah. And I'm like, I just want to be respected and I just want to respect other people. And like, you know what? I don't have a lot of information on how to maybe speak with someone who's transgendered, but like I'm open to, you know, understanding and what words not to use. And it's just kind of like when you're constantly evaluated by how you look or what you are expected or how you're expected to perform Mm -hmm. as someone who might have like multiple, you know, identities or passports or whatever, then it's kind of like, I don't fit into any of these categories and I am going to find another way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is what progress is, you know, just But like, you're also, I mean, did you, where did you grow up? Like uh, California? Oh, okay. No. So I was born in Denver and okay. then, um, due to my dad's job, okay, so you, we moved to Texas, Arkansas. Okay. I lived, you know, for a couple months in New York before thinking, oh God, the theater scene <laughs> so is terrible lived- here. The way they handle like multiculturalism and like this yeah. sort of like blind Casting yeah, is yeah, yeah. so pathetic. Yeah. It is revolting. Yeah. I want to get out of here. And that's when I moved to to Seoul, to South Korea. Okay. And when people would ask me, where are you from? How old are you? I knew that they were just trying to figure it out how to better respect me. Yeah. yeah. Because of like the Confucian value system. And like... Confucius values? Yes. Okay. So I didn't even like, know they had that. Yes. So, um, well, yeah. It came from China, but also they use it, which is not, or have they use it. There's still traces of it that I think work really well in terms of respecting elderly people. Yeah. Um, Because in this culture, they just like forget, you know. You you, ain't got tits. Yeah. Oh my God. You can't work? Oh, where do we put you? Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, And so I, I, it really also helped me to not come in like yeah like step into my own sort of like understanding of being Asian yeah. because I think Iran is Asian Asia, as yeah. well uh, or a part of Asia and for me this is all new right like if anything in Miami white people are the minority because you can't find a job there if you don't speak Spanish so you end up moving to Fort Lauderdale or just there's a diaspora that happened when a lot of Cubans migrated to Miami. Okay. Uh, and you can feel the resentment going up all through Florida as you're trying to leave the state. And then it's all white people from there. So it was mm-hmm. a very... I was aware of it when I was out of Miami, but it wasn't like an everyday, day-to-day experience. And so I think the reason I fr- get frustrated with like with that is that I'm experiencing it for the first time. 
But they're experiencing it for the first time, and I don't think they're handling it well. <laughs> you know, like, a lot of white men are not ready for uh, what's happening, and they feel victimized, and we haven't been allowed to complain, <laughs> right? Because they haven't wanted to... Like, there's, nothing, there's no one that gets more defensive than a white person when you talk to them about race, right? In my experience, especially with men right now. Well, when you've been given everything, yeah. and whatever you say, even if it, it d- doesn't have any sort of like factual like evidence or validation or uh, validity, mm-hmm. and then all someone someone is like, oh, but here's another perspective, or oh, do you think you could possibly consider this, or no. why not, or like let's say in the case of maybe affirmative action, no, no, now this is the law, yeah, then you're like, oh, my power. I don't have it? No. Oh, really? That feels bad inside. No. Oh, I'm not used to feeling empathetic. I'm not used to sharing. Yeah. Oh, I don't like this sensation. It's you know, intense. It's yeah. intense. Well, it's intense. It's dehumanizing. But when you're seen as... When you think you're... It's really about thinking you're uh, superior. Yes. And, you, and, and not even going outside of yourself yes. to think of others and think about community and, what, and sharing. And when I say sharing, it's not like, oh... Here, have some of this. Yeah. Um, I don't need it anymore um, or whatever. I need to feel better because I have white guilt. It's about like, let's say if we can tie this back to feminism, it's about sharing values that are based on equality and sharing responsibility or sharing um, sort of like, like, I don't even want to say power because I think power is this like construction that's like just absolutely like fake about presence. My presence here includes you. We are interdependent. We need each other. So how can we form new ways of communicating and working together rather than working in a system that's hierarchical and that doesn't, that no, who's happy? Who's really happy (laughs) when they go to work or who really feels safe if you, you know, are in public? I mean, even let's say people who live in white suburbia, they live there because they're afraid to... To what? Step out for five seconds of their SUV? Oh, why? Oh, because of a minority might hurt me. Oh, you know, no. Like this, this is this is fake. Do do police officers on a regular basis murder you and your family members? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, state sanctioned violence doesn't apply to you. So, so why are you acting <laughs> like you know? It's like you no, are gonna get. You hurt. can get away with it. I know exactly. Oh my god. You're, and so like, and and like, and I and I get it, white people. Like the guilt is rough because you guys are responsible for a lot of the fucked up shit, <laughs> you know. But at the same time, like, for real, you gotta do it gracefully or graciously, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like you transition, good. like, cause what. What people don't understand is even like the term people of color, it's an othering of everyone that isn't white. I know. It includes every single fucking person that isn't white. I know. And like... And, and white's that, not a color. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, and so, <laughs> so it's like, it is, it is a... This is very specific classification that's very uncomfortable. I think maybe we should... Um, think about not saying white people because yeah. it's also like reinforcing their sort of like their their otherness their yeah. other and their they're superior. like they're, yeah they're being superior yeah. like why don't we say the very privileged or the people you know like i want to come up i want to like brainstorm yeah, yeah. and be like well how can i actually respectfully address you 
Um, If we want to stop othering everyone and putting, placing people into categories, which are unhelpful, how can I address you with respect, but also acknowledge your privilege in society and the inequality that is obvious and, 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 and say it where we're not exclude or do it in a way that we're not excluding people because it's not like I want to take away your home and your, you know, all the stuff that you have. I'm joking, come on. <laughs> but it's about acknowledging that you have too much stuff anyways. Yeah. You've always had too much, you know, and there, whether it's like talking time, you know, or yeah. television time or whatever on the screen everywhere. Why don't we support others and allow their voices to be heard and to support their bodies and give them access to health care, proper health care, yeah. you know, education that isn't continuing to perpetuate the biases and to realize, like, guess what? Your family is from all over, just like their families who are all over. And if you get to move, that's a good thing, you know, because yeah. we should be nomadic, really, if you yeah. want to survive. Um, yeah. And that ideas of the of nation... Well, that shit's just, just dying right now. I want... Do you think... I Before the, I die, the, I want it to just... The I bad news is that change. The bad news is that we're going to be citizens of corporations. Well, and in the, Bank of America, we trust. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like... Uh, that does seem to be kind of the direction we're going. So... Have you, I mean, this, and this is too personal, tell me, but mm-hmm. have you ever wished you were white? Have you ever had that personal experience? <laughs> or have you had the fortitude to not give in to that? Well, it's, okay, so my mother would be classified as white. Okay. Um, she grew up in Pennsylvania. Okay. In Quaker country. Uh-huh. Right? And our family members were very much involved with, you know, the underground Railroad. Ooh. And, you know, these sort of practices. Of a resistance. past you can be proud to talk about. That's amazing. But also, <laughs> but also a lot of, you know, her family members are also very Not conservative Christians oh, and okay. Republicans. So I do have this white heritage as well. Uh-huh. Or this, I, you know, Caucasian. Yeah, but you so, don't but, you necessarily know. carry that around on your back all the time. I don't know. I mean, I think it's like, see, I used to see myself because other people were always like, oh, you're half. Okay. And I was just like, oh. Thank goodness they oh, called you that. <laughs> they, yeah, they granted thanks? you that much. Oh, really? Half of what? You know? And it left me with this feeling of like, oh, well, I'll never be whole. Mm-hmm. And then I became obsessed with unity and this sort of idea of seeing myself like someday, you know, I'll be full what Persian if I, you know, yeah. act a certain way and get, you know, certain what, you know, um plastic surgery or wear certain things that seem to be very, you know, important to the people of a community who have always said, oh, you need, you're not Persian enough or you don't really, you don't speak, you don't speak Farsi, so you don't really know anything. But I'm like, I also took like a semester in like Iranian studies, you know, and learned a lot about Khomeiniism and probably know more about the revolution than most people, um, you know, yeah, yeah. older than me. So it's kind of like, and they always say like, oh, the foreigner knows more than us. <laughs> and I'm like, I just so introduced you and with <laughs> yeah. my full name and like you, and you know, and so that's when the sort of like, and, and my mother's family, they've never, you know, said like, oh, you're not American enough, you know? Yeah. Um, 
but I've never felt like in terms of like value systems or sort of like the parts of Iranian culture that I really um, hold close to me uh-huh. and depend on for survival in terms of thinking of, my, you know, of myself as a spiritual being. Okay. Um, the way I'm drawn to certain sort of aesthetics, you know, this is when I say survival, I mean like really to be inspired Uh and to thrive as an artist, as a person who wants to contribute to humanity. Um, I, I, I go in this direction and it's been this like real like quest to, to let's say connect to my roots. But really, I think your roots can be anywhere, right? Like root yourself into the ground, just stand up straight you know, and breathe and perceive and realize that this is the earth that is sacred, regardless of, you know, where you are and realize that this is precious. And like in this moment, you are like valuing life, Mm -hmm. right? And to say, oh, well, you know, um, my ideas of nation are bound up in a flag, a song, memories of war, sacrifice, this is really dangerous. And this is the part, like every culture has this. And this is what I really think that is important in terms of being evaluated. It's like, I don't want who I am, who I am, which is even problematic, but I don't want how I interact with others to ever reflect this sort of performance of like which the nation state projects. And so... When I say, okay, you know, well, what are, when people say, what are you, or this and that, what's your background? I say, you know, I'm an artist, and yeah. I'm a woman, and that's it. Yeah, that was your, your initial response. <laughs> you know, and... It's almost like a non-conforming to, your, to what you want to know. Like, you know, I know what you want to know, but I'm not exactly. going to give it to you. Exactly. And so it's like, it's a little bit of like taking a little bit of power back, a little bit of like a... Huh, no, let's not start there, buddy. <laughs> it's like also guidance. a process of education, yeah, though, yeah. you know, really, to be like, well, what are you really trying to say? Yeah. What do you really want to ask me? Yeah, yeah. What are you really curious about, you know? Do you want to know me as a person, or do you want to know me as a nationality first? Like, what is more important to you? Like, exact, like in terms of, like, especially with your answer, as opposed to saying I'm from Kentucky or from wherever. I'm, I'm thinking of a specific person. Okay. But, um, You're not from Kentucky. No, I've never been to Kentucky. <laughs> not that I have a problem with Kentucky, but I think Kentucky would might not be so welcoming. <laughs> you never know. You never I mean, know. You, yeah. you really never know. I went to Texas and it was fun. I don't know if I could live in Texas. <laughs> there was definitely like, oh, you're one of the good ones <laughs> vibe. Oh, yeah. And see, that is already, it's like, well, what do you mean? Because yeah. you've watched a lot of what shows where yeah. people... Minorities are demonized as gangsters or criminals. Is that what they even mean? going going within like the family structure too? Like, I know, and it, it I tell this story because it's fucked up. They find it funny, or it, she finds it funny. But I have a coworker who jokes with her brother that he is adopted because he's darker skin than the, than them, and and like and I'm like. Damn yo, like even your siblings like <laughs> getting racist on you. Like that's how it breaks down within like family structures. You know, I, I have a, another coworker who had to tell 
her white dad, like, yo, you can't just think of me as a white girl. Like, that, I, the, our experiences yeah. are not the same. So oh, it's yeah. crazy. No, I mean, my even my dad and, like, my um, Iranian family, they see me. They, they're like, oh, yeah, you're white. Yeah. Um, oh, you're American. You wouldn't understand. And I'm like, yeah. oh, wow. That makes me feel really good about coming next year to celebrate Nauru's, the Persian New Year. Okay. Like, I really want to come and yeah. celebrate life and another year of, like, being pigeonholed <laughs> again, you know? And But, like, all of this sort of, you know... It, it, I'm not sad about it anymore. It really hurt my feelings when I was younger, but I educated myself on, like, you know, I read cultural theory, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I read certain works that made me understand that it's not them, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. in Foucault says this, right? Everything is a power struggle. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's with your coworker or your family. Like, the sort of, like, these markers of, like, you know, identification that we, like, gravitate towards are always going to put us in some sort of, like, unequitable relationship. And when you have been traumatized by so many people, if you'd say you're Iranian or Mexican or, you know, Chinese... You're going to be playing defense all the time. You're going to be putting up, like, literally a a wall. And sometimes those walls become monuments. (laughs) And sometimes they become um, monumentalized through words. And I'm here to acknowledge that this is not helpful and to find beautiful, inspiring ways to dismantle them because they can because they've been created by people you know humans have created this and i really believe in in working towards a more like ethical humane progressive radical sort of world where multiple voices are like heard and supported it it has something to do with like aesthetics and spatial arrangement and time and of course, this is like, you know, the fundamentals of performance yeah. <laughs> and performance studies. And so this is what I'm working on. No, I mean, I think we talked a lot about uh, just dealing with each other, like uh, interpersonal relationships mm-hmm. uh, in spite of or, or in, um, in spite of the limitations that that the pre-assumptions that exist in people Mm -hmm. um like essentially dealing with breaking down those walls yes i'll give you the my lions how about that so we i look at i look to judith butler okay i look to hannah arendt i look to avatar ronell i look to even fanon right a lot of like his ideas about like taking off the white mask right Stuart hall in terms of cultural theory um, I really, uh, enjoy, who am I, you know, I mean, they're, it's outdated, but, you know, Guy Debord, I mean, it's not okay. outdated, but it's older, it's dated, Guy Debord and the Situationists, in terms of, like, their investigations in the city and psychogeography and the body being, like, in place and a relationship to the city, because um, I also do walking performances, but whatever. Um, we didn't get into that. Or maybe in terms of philosophy, I think uh, phenomenology. Phenomenology. Describe phenomenology to me. So I think I understand it best when reading um, Alfonso Lingus's work. Okay, not And um, Ponti, um, Merlot. 
my love Ponty. Maurice, my love Ponty. So it's like I know something through my engagement, like what the body has like an engagement with life um, or an encounter. Um, so like your body has a relationship to the city, your body has a relationship to the landscape, whether that be like societal, political, environmental. And so like when I think of myself as a being, mm-hmm. a human being, I am even you thinking about the verb to be or like my existence, I exist in relation to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so even trees are beings, right? They might yeah. be non-human No, no, beings, I get what you're saying. But it's like, but even, you know... Being in their presence makes a difference. Right, and so thinking about like presence, again, as having sort of the capability of one's presence, like producing knowledge, right? So the fact that maybe I stand in the middle of the street with a sign that says something, uh-huh. you know, I'm contributing to some sort of like knowledge production, okay. right? And like that is always going to be in relation to like what? The signs on the street, you know, markers of like, you know, where you are like um, in this location, you know, how you are making this location a new place by mm-hmm. your body being there yeah. and sort of understanding it through the terms of like, I move here and I, it's very gestural too as well. Like I move, I might perform a gesture here, which changes the way, you know, this place can happen and what can happen here. Yeah. So I feel like there's always like something like, like, um, in terms of performance studies, like when you have like an empty space, Space. And Hannah Arendt talks about like the space of appearance. Like anything can happen at any time. Uh-huh. And this is what politics is, really. The okay. potential How- of people bodies to emerge, right? right? And occupy space and to give voices and gestures, right? And and to enact something, to call for some to make a demand for something, to question something as a mm-hmm. group. But then now Judith Butler takes this into like her investigations or her interpretations and notes toward a performative theory of assembly. And she says like, not everyone can do that. It's not safe for everyone to do that, you know? And so how can we resist in another way? So I think, I guess in terms of philosophy, she is, I'm most interested in seeing how her work can be translated like through movement Mm-hmm. Um, like in a workshop setting using like performance-based practices. Okay. Um, and how we can make that connection to theory and practice where it's not just activated in like some sort of like, this is, you know, a lecture or this is like a staging that's theatrical, but something that really transforms into acts of nonviolence that you can use in everyday life. Mm-hmm. So next time someone tells you, you know, something disparagingly about, like, your skin color or, you know, your if you have an accent or whatever, the markings of your voice or body, yeah. instead of maybe it, it having this crippling effect on you or, like, you return it with some sort of violent, you know, like, expression, how can you deflect and educate and transmit and, like, return this sort of inflammatory behavior? So it's like... Um... It's like judo. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, like, uh, it's, it's uh, a microaggression (laughs) jujitsu where you're just like deflecting things. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So that's what I'm doing with formulations of assembly, this workshop that I'm as event that I'm doing in Milan next month that I'm going to be working on who, you know, in a country where the prime minister is, 
not. Who is it? He I, is, I don't even is, know. I, I mean, from what I understand, he's very right wing. It's not Berlusconi anymore. Thank oh, God. Yeah, well, he's still there. He's still. He, he's you just, never go he's, when you own he's so many football teams. And yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, I think it's what Ruth Bader Ginsburg said about, okay. you know, American politics being like a pendulum, right? It swings one way and it swings the other way. Like, I think that ha- has an impact on, like, other countries, right? Yeah. As well. And um, I would like the pendulum to, like, not swing one way or not swing the other way and just kind of, like, gently stay in what we might think of the middle, you know? Mm-hmm. If we must even use that term, the middle, you know, like, or the center, you know, and, like, really thinking about like not taking it to an extreme yeah but like focusing on the small details and refining things and not thinking of everything as being this massive chaotic explosion where mm-hmm. everything's going to be ruined if you know this person is elected and not that person um I think everything's going to be ruined regardless of who is elected, though. Oh, yeah. We're all, we're all going to die. Everything. <laughs> no, no, down. no. I don't mean it like that. I mean, like, I think that th- I think that there's just this weird thing going on where we're getting into, like, supporting the intelligence community without a real understanding of the fact that the intelligence community is the permanent state and that we should maybe... And they don't have oversight because by nature it's espionage. So it's, it, it, you know, and, like, you can't... They have oversight, but then it turns out like, oh, we had ballot, bad intelligence, and we went to Iraq, <laughs> or, oh, yeah. you know, and, and like, oh my god, yeah, and even and both of those wars were were lies, like the the yeah. the, the babies the, being thrown out of incubators and all that shit. That was a lie. So it's it's it like, I think you can count back to so many different fucking wars, and not to get like I try to stay away from like direct politics, but like. <laughs> Then there you was can't. the Gulf. The, yeah, it's it's Impossible. hard. There was the Gulf of Tonkin, and that was bullshit too. Like all these wars that we keep getting into, and we're being lied into. And who's doing the lying? Where are we getting all this information? All this intelligence? Uh, all this I would, intelligence. I think the most radical thing people in the U.S. can do is just not work. No, oh, Jesus. Just yeah. don't go to work anymore yeah. and see what happens because. I know that I don't want to pay taxes to a government that is responsible for so much bloodshed, which is why I've lived outside of the U.S. for 10 years. And, well, not, which is why, just because I need to figure out, like, I I know being here makes me feel sick. And participating in this way makes me feel very ill. And, like, to to really survive, you have got to check out half the time. No, definitely. I don't follow day to day, yeah. I like that. In fact, that's why I do this to sort of get a little bit more historical context into the shit that happens day to day, and sort of like escape that way. But yeah, it's it's um, it's a scary thing where we're right now. I like a lot of good things are happening on the individual level like mm-hmm. because people are just so fucking sick of this bullshit so mm-hmm. I try to stay positive on those things but people legitimately believed in the divine right of kings right 
And that's where a lot of this societal structure bullshit. So that's how deeply ingrained like right. some of that white privilege is. It's like yeah. it, it and and um, there's this guy Jared Diamond who wrote a book called Guns, Germs, and Steel, yes. and that was like in the early two thousands, right. and that was like hailed because it was the first non-racist explanation of why the world ended up landing on white people's laps, and it it had to do with uh, the. Um, the access of like Africa and uh, Latin America being north south, right. uh, as opposed to Europe and Eurasia being east to west. Yes. So, grains f- were able mm-hmm. to spread from the Fertile uh, Crescent and a-, a lot easier, and they had more grains over there. Whereas over here, we had a lot of corn and we didn't have domesticable animals. Mm-hmm. But all of these ideas of like, and then even that shit was an outrage at the time, and it was like criticized for being a little simplistic and whatnot. I'm I'm not up to date on how valid his work is anymore, but mm-hmm. I find all of that like, like that's how embedded it is, and 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 so like sometimes we'll th- I'll just be thinking like, how can people fucking shoot black people? How can cops just shoot black people? How is that possible? And that is how intrinsic this notion of superiority is. Is like there's a divinity to it. Right, it may not be that we believe in kings and a monarchy anymore. Well, we but, do. Well, to some not degree. we do, but yeah, I mean, manifest destiny has yeah. not is yeah. it's everywhere. You know, yeah. just go out in the street and yeah. look and see the names of these streets. Yes, is yeah. the one name. What are the others? They're always like yeah, yeah. presidents and all this. Yeah. Let's you not know. give away where I live. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just. A, it's fine. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, I, uh, privacy. Well, yeah, no, I don't even think about that. See, I I don't live that close to that street. I think it's strange that um, uh, it's not. No, it's not strange. What I appreciate, I saw this um, interview by conducted by a Dutch journalist. Mm-hmm. He was interviewing um, James Baldwin. Okay. And he was. Who's tell- James Baldwin? What's he famous for? So he's an African American writer okay. and um, playwright. Okay. A poet. And he was like, yeah, well, white people happened to discover us. Yeah. What are you going to do now? Yeah. And what are you going to do? You know, it's about doing something that is... And understanding your faults, really, right? And kind yeah. of cleaning up your messes. And under and how do you do that? How do you clean up a mess that has just spread, yeah. you know, so quickly and is so ugly and realizing that you are intrinsically violent? Yeah. Like, how do you tell someone that? Especially in a country where, like, the NRA... Yeah. Which I can see, I think is a terrorist organization, yeah. but most it people are definitely... like, it's it's okay, it's a private business. You're free to have a business here. Yeah, and I'm like, are you kidding? Like this is, this is really disgusting. And so we're dealing with a lot. But when have we not always dealt with a lot? You know, yeah. definitely. It was great having you on. Thank you, Thank you so much me. for coming. Thank you so much for you. Uh, you are by far the record holder for quickest uh, prepared guest uh so i want to flaunt you and celebrate you for that great uh thank you um all right well and if you're listening to this and you want to know more you can check out my website which is homesoil.org and homesoil yes homesoil um is the name of i guess a philosophy but also the name of 
a site where I also exist or mm-hmm. place my work or archive my projects, um, texts, images, or videos. Hopefully, I'll get some funding in 2019 and do a project in LA. Oh, nice. Yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> so, yeah. And do you have an Instagram or are you not playing that game? Z Sardashti. I'm new to the game. You're new to the game? Yeah, like three months. I'm gonna gonna, uh, shout you out when this comes out on my Instagram. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Javier. No problem. Thank you so much for coming.